We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. And we're coming at you live following the 49ers' first win of the 2022, I'm not going to say season, because I I guess you could say the season did not start yet, but the preseason, first win of the year, whatever you want to call it, 49ers won that shish. 28-21 over the Green Bay Packers. And I guess you could always say that the 49ers beating the Packers never gets old. They do it a lot, especially in the postseason. So why not add another one to the list? Uh, just to kind of re- refresh everyone where we are, we're returning to the, the the season. We're returning to football. And really what I like to do is I will usually – Unless I'm at the game needing to drive home, then maybe your post-game breakdown will come on the following day. You know, let's say a Monday, typically. But if I'm if I if it's an away game, if I'm at home, then I will jump on here and record the pod right after the games, give you my post-game reactions. And it's really not something that I, I try to make it sound as eloquent as I can. You guys just know how I do things. But I, I don't really like usually when I record a podcast, I kind of formulate an outline. You know, here's what I'm going to talk about. Here's one of the things, some of the things I want to make sure I mention. Well, when it comes to a post game reaction, I try not to do that. I'll take little notes here and there about highlight plays, things that I know that I should talk about. But at the same time, I want it to be just a little more unscripted, thus kind of preserving the whole reaction to the game element of it. Uh, so that's what we're here doing. And we'll run through it. Usually I like to start with the offense. Then I'll jump over to the defense. And then we'll kind of just talk about some general takeaways. For the first time, I put out a tweet kind of uh, asking for takeaways from you guys on Twitter. So if you want to be a part of that in the future, and it's given the response from a preseason game, it it might be something that I continue to do throughout the season um, just to kind of hit them really, really briefly 
at the end of my takeaway episodes. So it seemed like a decent idea to me. I apologize if I sound a little bit stuffed up. Obviously, I always sound a little goofy. We know that. But I went out for practice today for with my middle school football team. We did a kind of end of summer celebration where we played seven on seven. It was uh, players versus coaches, and and the, the the football team created four different offenses offenses, and then there was one team of coaches, and we basically let them rotate in against us. So uh, for about an hour, it was nonstop fun on the football field, and and I, I'm not in the greatest shape anymore. I did my best. You know, I caught a couple passes, um, you know, made some defensive plays, but obviously running around on the grass for, for about an hour isn't the best on my allergies. And then after that, we went, they all jumped in the pool um, at the school and we barbecued some hot dogs. It was a great time, but allergies are starting to creep up on me a little bit. So I will try and do my best to take deep breaths and not sound too nasally, too Kermity for you. I'm trying to stick to Ray Romano. But if when I start getting allergies, I start creeping towards Kermit. I'm trying trying to spare you guys that because it's no one wants to, you know, Kermit the uh, Frog here. Anyways, I think that's my Kermit, my first Kermit impression on the on the pod, very first one. So the first thing that to me seemed like the most important takeaway from tonight's game against the Packers was defensive end rookie defensive end Drake Jackson left the game in the first half after sustaining what looked like a shoulder or arm injury. We couldn't tell. He went into the medical tent, and then shortly after, he left the field. And he had his arm hanging down by his side, looked a little worrisome. Kyle Shanahan said after the game that they believe, they're still running through some tests, but they believe that Jackson suffered nothing more than a shoulder stinger, you know, which to my knowledge is kind of, where, you know, it happens a lot in football. You kind of pinch a nerve and it sends these really kind of brutal pains down your arm. It could really, really suck. Um, but it's not one of those things. It's not a permanent injury. They usually recover from it after a day, maybe even that evening. So that's positive news. The fact that the 49ers promising second-round rookie, their first pick in this year's draft class, given they didn't have a first, seems to be okay. Now, again, Kyle Shanahan did say they were still running through some tests, but Definitely felt like it was necessary to lead off with that because if you hadn't already heard, that would probably be something that was on your mind. That's kind of my biggest thing of preseason. Obviously, there's – and preseason, by the way, continues to be underrated. I'm not going to say that it's the end-all, be-all of roster battles, but preseason definitely plays its part in deciding who can and who who does and who doesn't make a football team. And I I always kind of just get a little miffed when you see people on social media, kind of just blow it off like it's nothing. Now, if instead of preseason, coaches wanted to substitute preseason for like, let's say, a few days of joint practices, I think even Kyle Shanahan mentioned that when I was at training camp, then sure, you know, as long as you've got some type of substitute where these players get to go against a different team other than their own, that's the important part is just seeing how players respond on an NFL level against NFL talent. And right now, the only answer we have to that is preseason. And uh, maybe that'll change eventually. But I, to this, I still don't understand the preseason hate, especially when you think about guys that are have been working their whole lives for this moment. They're on the back end of the roster. They have to impress to, to make it. And right now, one of their biggest opportunities to do that is preseason. So I always try to keep that in mind when I'm watching it. 
Now, moving on, I, I guess briefly before we get into the game, I should let you guys know who wasn't a part of it. You know, there were a lot of players not participating in the game. Um, deep, on, on the offensive side of the ball, you had deep, wide receivers Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, tight end George Kittle, running back Elijah Mitchell, fullback Kyle Juszczyk, and left tackle Trent Williams. So that's, I mean, it's it's kind of like your, your offense. I mean, that's not everybody, but it's almost everybody. And then the list is even longer on the defensive side of the ball. You've got defensive end Nick Bosa, linebacker Fred Warner, linebacker Dre Greenlaw, linebacker Aziz Alshire. That's your starting linebacker core right there. Free safety Jimmy Ward, uh, no Eric Armstead. Now, the next, the last three that I'm going to list, along with Elijah Mitchell, Eric Armstead still recovering from that knee injury, but things are looking up. Cornerback Charvarius Ward uh, suffered a groin injury. He's not expected to participate in any more of the preseason, but they do believe he'll be ready to go for week one. And Emmanuel Mosley also kind of enduring through a, a hamstring injury that's not considered serious, which is also the case with running back Elijah Mitchell. Hamstring injury, not considered serious. So as you can see, there were a ton of players that weren't in the game. So that you kind of have to temper your expectations even when it comes to something like Trey Lance stepping out onto the field for the first time as the guy, he's doing it without all of those players you heard me list. So it just needs to, you know, obviously that just needs to be taken into account. If you want to properly evaluate somebody, you can't really evaluate somebody without taking that into the picture. That being said, Trey Lance looked all right. Trey Lance looked all right. Now, I want to I get this out before I forget about it. Otherwise, I'll get caught up in saying something else. Today, on August 12th, 2022, in the 49ers week one preseason game against the Packers, 49ers quarterback Trey Lance slid for the first time. Write it down. Put it on your calendar. Trey Lance slid for the first time today. I could not believe I was hearing that in his post-game presser. Trey Lance said that despite running the ball 192 times for 1,325 yards and 18 touchdowns at North Dakota State, not and whatever action, whatever runs he had last year in his limited starts uh, in replacement of Jimmy Garoppolo. Today was Lance's first slide. He ran for seven yards, was able to get right up to the chains, not quite convert, and he slid before he was hit by any defenders for the first time in his life. I can't. I, I just. I can't really wrap my head around that. It's that is hilarious to me that Trey Lance would run the ball that many, almost 200 times in college. The quarterback ran the ball almost 200 times in college, scored 18 touchdowns, and never slid. I can't believe it. Anyways, Trey Lance looked pretty good. Looked pretty damn good. Completed four or five passes. His incompletion was a across-the-field, about a 10-yard out, the same throw that he struggled with a little bit in preseason, but it's also a very difficult throw to make. And I think many quarterbacks struggle with it, whether it's a placement or arm strength or timing problem. 
So the fact that Trey Lance didn't hit this throw or has struggled with it a few times in training camp doesn't necessarily ring any alarms to me. It's a very tough throw to make. But he threw that deeper out to Danny Gray, who caught it, or was it Ray Ray McLeod? I believe it was Ray Ray McLeod. Caught it, it, but it was just a little high, a little out in front of him, and he wasn't able to get his feet down in time. Now, could a different receiver with maybe a little bit of better body control have made that catch? Maybe. But the placement could have definitely been a little bit better. Doesn't matter. Trey Lance completed four of five passes. So he threw a whopping five passes, which is 80% for 92 yards, a touchdown, and a 158.3 quarterback rating. Do you guys know what a perfect quarterback rating is? 158.3. Now, I don't really know how that can be the case when there's one incomplete in there, but they probably just don't calculate it that way. Trey Lance had his first series, got the 49ers within field goal range. Robbie Gold kicks a 50-yarder. 49ers take the, take the lead 3-0. And then on the second drive, on third down, Trey Lance avoids a little bit of pressure. Actually, no, he didn't avoid pressure. It was a Here's something that you may find even more encouraging than Trey Lance's ability to avoid pressure and slide for the first time is... It was a pure timing play from Trey Lance. He got the snap... And just fired it up to Danny Gray, the 49ers rookie third-round pick. Boom. Got the snap. Knew he was going to. Put it up there. Put it right on the money to Danny Gray, who, out, you know, he's a 4-3 guy, outran the defense and took it in for a 76-yard touchdown. Very impressive play on all fronts. It was encouraging to see Lance fire off that pass that quickly. Danny Gray... Ended up with two catches for 99 yards. He averaged 49.5 yards per catch. Hell of a game. So Trey Lance, very impressive. Um, just looked the part. Didn't you know? There's only so much you can take, but I thought it was encouraging that he got the 49ers points on his very first drive, and then the very next time he was on the field, he threw a touchdown pass, a deep touchdown pass. And I kind of jokingly tweeted, let me actually find, no, you know what? I'm not going to go find it. I tweet a million times during the game. If you want close to play-by-play tweeting of any football game, follow me on Twitter. What I tweeted was, when's the last time we've seen the 49ers successfully throw a deep shot to a receiver along the sideline, let alone one for a touchdown? And now, it probably hasn't been that long since the 49ers have done that. I'm sure Jimmy Garoppolo did it from time to time. But for us to immediately see that with Trey Lance, not to mention we saw it with Trey Lance a couple times last season when he made his starts in replacement of Jimmy Garoppolo, you can tell that things are just going to open up. My kind of bet when it comes to the Trey Lance's Trey Lance experiences, you're gonna he's gonna miss some throws that he should definitely make, as does any quarterback, but maybe more often than most. But he's going to also, and maybe you're gonna have drives that that should have continued that don't because of something Trey Lance does on the field. But you're also gonna have plays like you saw today, where. He just It was a three-play drive, and the 49ers come away with a, a six points after a 76-yard touchdown throw to Danny Gray. It, it's You're just going to have that explosive element that has just – it's not that the 49ers offense wasn't explosive with Jimmy Garoppolo, 
Kyle Shanahan can still scheme them up with the best of them. But I just feel like there's going to be many more explosive plays, many more deep shots, you know, 20 to 30 to 40 yard plays, much, probably at a, at a much more often rate than, than we're probably used to seeing. That's just kind of my guess based on what I saw from training camp and what I saw in the preseason. All three quarterbacks had a touchdown pass. We already talked about Trey's. Uh, Nate Sudfeld had a beautiful pass to wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod, who put an excellent route on the Packers DB. Um, it, it was kind of like an out and up, but he didn't really sell the out. He just took a couple hard steps that direction, and that sent the DB onto the ground. Nate Sudfeld put it on him um, for a 39-yard touchdown. Excellent play. Nate completed 8 of 11 passes for 72% and 103 yards. And then in the second half, we had Brock Purdy. Mystery relevant, the 49ers' final pick of the draft, the NFL's final pick of the draft. And if you watch the 49ers episode of Brick by Brick on YouTube, on the 49ers YouTube channel, I highly recommend it. There's a lot on Brock Purdy in there. They gave they gave uh, the, the final pick some love, and he put together a good game. He got all the way down to the end zone, scrambled, bought himself some time, rolled out to the right, and then found tight end Tanner Hudson at the corner of the end zone for the, the game's final touchdown. Um, Tanner Hudson, by the way, funny play. When we're watching the 49ers at training camp, most of the beat writers always stand behind the defense. So you can kind of see how plays evolve. It's just easier to see than standing. And not to mention the fact that all the defensive players stand right kind of even with the ball. So we make it to where we don't have to look over the defensive players. We move all the way um, down the field where the offense is going. At one point, Tanner Hudson caught a pass and ran past us and then running back up the sideline. I was standing there. I used my phone to take the notes app to take all of my training camp notes. And as Tanner Hudson walks by, he just starts slamming his finger into my phone, pressing all kinds of random buttons, and then just runs off and giggles. It, I was just funny. And so it was good to see him score a touchdown today. And then on the very next play, speaking of good to see him score, Brock Purdy took the pass. Immediately fired a high ball up to none other than number 13, 49ers receiver, former Fresno State Bulldog, Keyshawn Johnson. His only catch of the evening was for a two-yard, two-point conversion. So shout out to Keyshawn. Keyshawn at one point came to one of my Kausner football games and gave one of my receivers uh, a pair of gloves. Just made his day. And uh, I always have a ton of respect for Keyshawn. So shout out to Keyshawn going up and getting the ball. And, uh, and making that play happen. Uh, the rushing game looked looked solid. It, it definitely looked like they, I mean, it was it was up and down. You never really know what you're getting with, with these offensive linemen that don't usually work together, and they're kind of mix and match. Um, but Ty Davis-Price had 10 carries for 36 yards. Uh, Jamichael Hasty had five carries for 36 yards, so averaged quite a bit more per carry. 14-yard long run. Jordan Mason kind of put the game away for the 49ers, had six carries for 30 yards at five yards a carry. Uh, he was part of the 49ers kind of late game effort to just kind of close out the game. Trey Sermon uh, had six carries for 11 yards. He only got 1.8 yards per carry. I want to say Trey Sermon got most of the early game carries, and it was just tough sledding up there against the starters. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at it and see you know, what, what was there or what wasn't there. Um, but Saw a lot of good things from from all of Ty Davis Price, Jamichael Hasty, Jordan Mason, and Trey Sermon. Uh, Jamichael Hasty had a play that he will want to forget about. He was back returning the kick, 
the kick was obviously going to go out of the bounds, out of bounds, meaning the 49ers would get the ball 35 yard line instead of the 25. If it went out of bounds in the end zone, uh, Jamichael AC decides to catch it like a few feet before it went out of bounds. So the 49ers got the ball at the five yard line rather than the 35. And this was right before halftime with less than a minute left when the 49ers would have liked to have execute some type of one minute drill to uh, to get in field goal position. So that was kind of a, uh, a regrettable play there for Jermichael Hasty. But overall, pretty impressed with the running backs. You just never really know what they're working with and who's out there doing the blocking for them. Um, standout receiver has to be Danny Gray. We already talked about his big play. He made another one later in the afternoon over the middle. That was real nice. Ray Ray McLeod cut all four passes that were sent his way for 63 yards and a touchdown. Also looked really good, but he did add a fumble late in the first half. And McLeod has had fumbling issues in the past. So that is something to keep an eye on. You know, if you're wondering why a return guy with good speed that runs good that runs good routes can possibly have not made a big impact in his career as a receiver up until this point. It, it, that could very well be the reason why. If if an if a if an offensive coordinator or a head coach can't trust you out there not to fumble the ball after you catch it, then you're just not going to see the field no matter what you can do. So, McLeod he had a strong training camp, he had a strong game, but it wasn't without flaws, and he's going to need to nip that in the butt if he wants to have an. I I do think he makes the team. I think that's pretty clear at this point. But if he's going to want to have any role in this offense, he's he cannot fumble the ball. Period. That, that's just it. That's just it. Let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, Oren Burks, the the former Packers linebacker, signed for kind of a special teams prowess. He was all over the place. He was all over the place. He had a pretty solid game. The 49ers defense was kind of up and down. You could see the defensive line and their strengths. You can see even you could see the depth that that defensive line had um, well into the game. There was at one point the 49ers faced like a fourth and six inches, and they stopped it. Uh, Kamiko Ture, uh, one of the 49ers reserve pass rushers, had a phenomenal game. He got plenty of snaps, and it was clear as the game went on that he was outclassing his opponents. Definitely somebody that the 49ers are going to uh, feel like they could rotate in uh, uh, frequently at pass rusher. He just seems like he's he's got something about him. He's quick. He's large. Uh, he's a good player. Dante Johnson, unfortunately, um, took a uh, – I'm just looking through the roster of defensive players, kind of just hitting one at a time. Dante Johnson had a receiver dead to rights in the flat, but just took an absolutely horrible angle, kind of aimed for like the guy's inside hip when you should be aiming outside shoulder at that point. Um, and the guy just literally just turned up field and, and Dante Johnson went flying by him, which in turn gave up a touchdown. So, but on the positives, you have Sam Womack. Sam Womack. I think it's Sam Womack the third, which I respect because I'm Robert Louder the fifth. Shout out to that. Who had two interceptions. Two interceptions. One of them was a tip ball. No, that was not the the tip ball one was uh, linebacker McCrary balls. Womack had two interceptions. One of them I just absolutely loved over the middle of the field. He just, the guy ran kind of like a dig route coming over the middle of the field. 
Sam Womack was with him step for step, jumped right in front of the pass, and took it up the field for 50 yards. It was a very, very impressive, impressive interception. Uh, the other interception, just as impressive, a little different. The receiver caught the ball with Womack in coverage. He closed the distance. The receiver was bobbling the ball, and Womack kind of made contact with him and wrestled it away from him before the receiver could get possession and before anything was declared down. So the refs reviewed it, gave Womack the interception. And what's cool about Womack right now is he is competing for that nickel roll on the 49ers defense. Uh, Darkest Denard has has held on. He even played that role uh, last year. Uh, he's held on to it throughout all of training camp. And he still seems like the leader in the clubhouse at that position. But Womack, uh, a, a corner that the 49ers took in the second or in the fifth round, excuse me, this year, seems like somebody that might be able to give him a run for his money. Let me get over to KP's Twitter account, who you guys know is uh, is a friend of the pod. Should be the should be the co-host, but I'll just keep saying that forever. Now, KP's tweet: Sam Womack broke up nine. Broke up a pass in nine of 13 games last year and had four games where he had at least two pass breakups. This is what he does. You can't fake that type of production. Knowing the pressure the D-line gets, just like on that last interception, he's going to have all kinds of opportunities this season. So if, great, great, great tweet, great tweet by KP. If Womack can, that's a tongue twister. Great tweet by KP. All right. If he can produce that way throughout the offseason, in the preseason, he's looked solid in training camp. If he can continue to do that, then the 49ers might feel like they can go with him at nickel. And nickel used to be kind of com- considered a sub package, you know, but now basically nickel when there's three defensive or excuse me, three corners, two safeties. That's why it's called nickel. There's five defensive backs. That's like a full-time job. Nickel, they're a nickel, at least nickel, usually about 70% of the time. So if that would be a huge step for Womack, a fifth rounder to earn that role. Um, but we'll see if he can do it. It's definitely not going to be handed to him. But we'll see. Um, kind of just a group effort from everything else. Uh, McCreary Ball had a fantastic interception. Ball was tipped into the air. I did not see who tipped the ball. I should. I want to say it was another linebacker, but it might not have been. Intercepted it, ran it about fifty something yards downfield, back in, the, and that was in their their own red zone. So that was a, a and it's cool seeing the 49ers get takeaways this early. You've got an interception from a linebacker and two interceptions from a corner. The 49ers have kind of always struggled to produce turnovers at a rate that you would kind of expect from a defense this good, and they got it done today. Now again, preseason, we got to keep saying that over and over and over, but. Still impressive. Still, it still matters. It still matters. So I thought that was a pretty solid game for the 49ers to start off with. The 49ers didn't turn the ball over at all. Actually, yes, they did. Raymond McLeod did, right? Make sure. Yeah, because that, that did count. They reviewed it, and it was a fumble. So, yeah, forced fumble. Levitt on the Packers. Got it. All right, so let's check out your guys' takeaways. I mean, mine I kind of went over with as as we went on there. I thought Trey Lance showed just some, uh, you know, for the limited action he saw, he was pretty solid. The 49ers look like they've got a, a crop of good backup quarterbacks. 
Um, they've just same thing with receivers, some good receivers that may not see the field as often, but the 49ers have got some depth back there. Perhaps maybe another huge takeaway is the 49ers disdain, or excuse me, Kyle Shanahan's disdain for the NFL's hat policy. Kyle Shanahan is not allowed to wear all the hats he's liked over the years. The NFL wants Kyle Shanahan to uh, wear like the new up and coming hats so that fans will see what hat Kyle Shanahan's wearing and buy it. Well, Kyle Shanahan doesn't have time for that shit. He wants to wear his comfortable hats that he's been wearing that he's known for. Um, So right now he's currently in a heated dispute with the NFL over that rule. I think even where's it at? Um, Cliff Kingsbury unprompted wanted to defend 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan in his hat situation. I've seen they are trying to make him change, and I just want to say, let my guy live. He's been one of the most swaggy coaches for his entire career. Kyle, I got you, buddy. And that is love. That is love from the old Cliff Kingsbury over in the Cardinals. So if if there's one thing you're really going to rally behind, rally behind Kyle Shanahan and his and his quest to just wear a, a damn hat that he loves. And I feel for that. I wear hats I love all the time. My Kavsner sports hats. You know, there's there's definitely some that I love more than others, and uh, and the NFL just shouldn't be trying to take that away. Anyways, let me scroll down to my tweet that has your guys' takeaways. I'm going to fire through these pretty quick. I don't want to make it, you know, quite like a mailbag. I just want to want to roll through them. We're going to start. I'm just – let me see. if there. I wish there was a way to organize these in chronological order. Is the bottom the oldest? It doesn't look like it. I wish Twitter made some sort of sense. But maybe it does. Let me just let me just No. I'm just starting at the top. J. Roy, you're first. Sam Womack is a beast. Trey Lance can accurately throw the deep ball, which the 49ers haven't had in a long time. I know it's just preseason, but it looks like they're going to be a complete package. Please, for the love of God, stay healthy. For the love of the game, stay healthy. I added in the God. Great comments by J. Roy. Something that we've already echoed here on the pod. Um, that throw from Trey Lance is encouraging. It is. The, just the 49ers' ability to take sheep, deep shots cheap shots um, along the sideline, threaten the defense deep, and it was thrown on time. It's just bam, bam, boom, touchdown. Let's go. Let's get to the sideline. Let's the defense do its thing. All right, we've got Jeremiah Griego. Injuries, that's the question. You can't judge anyone at any level. You are playing against guys that will never play in the NFL. It's just practice. That's it. Not entirely correct. There are many guys that played tonight that will play in the NFL. And like we've already talked about, some of these guys have a real chance to make a real impact for the 49ers this year, like Sam Womack. We'll see if he wins that job. So not really agreeing with the uh, you're playing against guys that will never play in the NFL. That's the reason they're there. Um, a lot of them will get cut. We know that. They've got to go from 90 to 53. But there's still many of them that are going to make the team. Sugar Ray said, Trey Lance minus his weapons look good. No turnovers, and he stretched the field. That he did. We saw it. We talked about it. Ron Deneen. Ron Deneen, 49ers have massive depth not seen since 2011-2012. You know, that's something that I had thought about. Is the 49ers defense in its current current makeup better than what we saw in like 11 and 12. I'm talking about the defense with that brutal defensive line, Ray McDonald, uh, Justin Smith, Alden Smith. um, You've got Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, second level. And you've got (laughs) the two safeties. Uh, I'm drawing a blanks on their names, but I I even want to, I want to make sure I look it up. 
because um, I shouldn't be forgetting them. They were so damn good. And one of them was standing next to me during 49ers training camp. And I know you guys are on the other end of the, ma- of the mic right now just yelling at me. All right. We had Deshaun Goldson. Man, Deshaun Goldson, I feel like, he, and Dante Whitner. Those are the two names I was looking for. You guys were already yelling at them, at them yelling at me. I know this. You had Carlos Rogers. Like, even Deshaun Goldson didn't really go on to do much after the 49ers. But in that year with the 49ers, minus kind of the Super Bowl, he was something else. Dante Whitner just knocking guys out. Justice Smith, Ahmad Brooks. Carlos Rogers was good that year in as the nickel. Um, well, in and out of the nickel. Terrell Brown kind of was in there too. Like I said, you got Ray McDonald. Remember Chris Culver? Man, that was another year where he was really good. So what I'm saying, what I was getting at before I just wandered off, can this defense compete with that defense? And I want to say yes. Just I mean, from all levels. You've got Eric Armstead. You've got Nick Bosa, you've got Fred Warner, you've got Dre Greenlaw and Aziz Al-Shair. Now, obviously, those aren't Fred Warner is is of the caliber of Willis and Bowman. I, I you know, obviously now he's got to put together the career, but Aziz Al-Shair and Dre Greenlaw complement Fred Warner very well. Now, obviously, they're not quite Fred Warner and, and or excuse me, Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis, but to me. You add Charvarius Ward. Emmanuel Mosley looked really good in training camp. I think that this defense is capable of producing the same results that they did in 11 and 12. Now, so many of those names that we just ran through are kind of like household names for the 49ers, so I'm not not trying to stomp on anybody's good name type of deal, but I do think that this 49ers defense can really rival what that year was able to do. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Logan Elliott said, it's preseason, so all I can really think about is Drake Jackson's shoulder. Thankfully, Logan, I've already given you somewhat good news. Should be good news pending those tests. But the rookies and Lance generally looked good. Yep, they did. Womack, Gray, Jackson. Jackson, before he got hurt, put together a really impressive play where he tracked um, it's a Packers quarterback's name. Let me just wander back over here. The guy that was supposed to replace Rodgers, but it ain't ever going to happen. Jordan Love tracked him, who's athletic, tracked him outside into the open space in the right flat. Jordan Love tried to throw it. Drake Jackson immediately breaks down and closes the diff- distance with Jordan Love and swats the ball to where it kind of just flutters into incomplete in the middle of nowhere. But for a guy as big as Drake Jackson to make that play in space against the quarterback as athletic as Jordan Love, it was impressive. You kind of you have to see it. You have to see his body movement and what he was able to do in that moment. I was impressed. It was a great play for Drake Jackson, and thankfully, seems to be okay. Seems to be okay. Let's keep going on our post game takeaways. Remember, I'm thinking I'm going to do this after every game. So if you want to be a part of what we're doing right now, when you see me tweet this, just reply to it. Give me a takeaway. If you put something stupid, I'm not going to read it. Make sure it has a little bit of substance. Red and gold in Rhode Island definitely has to be how insane our depth is. I agree on many areas. Uh, you know, we've already talked about it. Running back depth's good. Depth's good. Receiver depth is good. Linebacker depth is good. Cornerback uh, depth is improving. Uh, defensive line, ridiculous. So it, it's all over the place. Mocking Jays, TID. Preseason is both meaningless and fun all at once. Again, not completely meaningless. Doesn't count for anything, but it is fun, and it does mean something to some of those guys out there. Try and keep it in mind. There are guys out there competing for a job. That may win it from what they do in preseason. Uh, Scott and Martin, the QB room looks pretty damn good. It does. Like we said, all three quarterbacks, Trey Lance, Nate Sudfeld, and Brock Purdy, all threw touchdowns and all looked solid. We'll give them solid. Jody said, love Purdy. 49ers info says explosives on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. Explosive turnovers with 50 plus yard returns and then explosive plays on the offensive side of the ball. Just to give you some context when it comes to explosive plays. Let's see what we had here. I'm looking at the 49ers offensive stats versus the Packers offensive stats. In terms of ex- uh, average gains, it it really wasn't the Packers gained more yards. The 49ers just produced those turnovers. The 49ers were averaging 5.8 yards per play. The Packers were averaging 6.5 yards per play. Uh, the Packers also ran 10 more offensive plays than the 49ers, and they gained over 100 more yards than the 49ers. So that just tells you the defense was doing the damn thing. And although the Packers had time with the ball, the 49ers were, would find a way to close the door. 
Carlos D said rookies ball. Trey Sermon looked like the worst running back on the roster. Uh, he he had definitely had the worst performance. I could tell you that's not something I saw at training pa- training camp. Trey Sermon looked good. He looked ready. He looked in shape. He looked quick. He looked decisive. But you got to put it together on the field. Uh, again, but that doesn't t- tell the whole story. We got to see how it was blocked up and what he had to work with. Uh, but the other running backs had a little bit more success. Number 28, Ray Neal said that we're going to win the Super Bowl and we're winning by – we're going to the Super Bowl and we're winning by 50. Okay now, okay. Uh, dumb electrician tweeted a gif of, I don't know, somebody dancing with confetti. I think an Iowa State mascot. Anyways, Jack Human said 49ers are greater than the 49ers broadcasters. Got it. Okay. Shanny found a hat. He did, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the hat that he wants to wear from here on out. He may have been hating that hat. We don't know. Chris Wall said Trey Lance felt pressure, stepped up, took off, and slid beautifully. He did. We talked about it. Good for Trey Lance putting together that first slide on tape ever. We got to see it. Where were you when Trey Lance slid? Anyways, Carlos Orbe said, still looking for that arm fatigue. Didn't see it. Only threw five passes, but didn't see it. I also did not see it throughout all of training camp. Alex Sherman said, Sam Womack may be a fine. Yes, he may. Now he's just got to He's got to keep it going. You know, you, you can you can put those plays together, but it's about staying consistent. I'm not saying he has to consistently have two interceptions a game, but he's got to keep that up. Michael Ordania said, Womack is in. Big speed additions at wide receiver. A few guys were everywhere. Very active. Moore was bad. Tarverius Moore uh, did get beat on a, uh, I want to say it was like a zero blitz man coverage play, and the guy ran right past Tarverius Moore, beat him for the touchdown on fourth down. Uh, pretty embarrassing play to get beat on. Can't be what you want to do. He is currently competing with Talanoa Hufunga for that starting strong safety job. And that cannot be what you put on tape if you want to you want to lose it. The only thing he couldn't do was what he did, which was which was allow a guy to get outside of him and beat him. All right, QB's two and three look solid. We're still on Michael Ordonia. O-line played well without Trent Williams. Need to see more improvement on special teams. I thought special teams was okay. Um, The Packers did have a couple longer returns that they shouldn't have had, um, but the 49ers made their plays on special teams as well. But you know what? Plenty of bad plays on special teams. I can see where Michael was coming from with that one. So solid takeaways. I was able to include every single one of them, except for, I guess, the, uh, the, the weird gif from Dumb Electrician. So sorry about that, Dumb Electrician. Hopefully uh, no one's hiring hiring you. Anyways. That's it. That's those. That's the post game reaction. Again, we will get more in depth with this uh, probably later on this week. Uh, we will preview. At, we're gonna have to do something because the the next four, the Forty ers next big event is traveling to Minnesota for their open practices against the Vikings, which will then be followed by their preseason game. So, um, whether it's after the open practices, at some point we're gonna have to get in there. I will probably be on the podcast previewing the game, previewing what went down during the open practices before the game. But at the very latest, you can plan on catching me after the game. But I, I really do think we're gonna, we'll are gonna we have to uh, to put together an, an episode before that. Anyways, I love you guys. Thank you. Welcome back to 49ers football. Don't care if it's the preseason, we're here. You got to see the 49ers play a game today. Trey Lance threw a touchdown. I mean, be, we're blessed. We're blessed. We're back. 
Thank you for listening to Strike and Gold. If you enjoy the pod, if you're a fan of the pod, if you're a regular listener, please hop on whatever it is you listen to the pod on and leave a little positive review. Say what's up. I mean, I'll try and get on there and read them as long as I can find it. But leave us a positive review. Tell your friends about it. Share it. Download it. Listen to it. All that good stuff that helps the guys with the spreadsheets know what's up. Thank you for listening to Strike and Gold. I appreciate you guys. It's all love. But for another episode, you know, you know what it is. You know what we got to do. I'm Rob. This is Strike and Gold. And we're signing out. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.